following podcast is scheduled for one fall. Hailing from the Pro Wrestling Tees headquarters in Chicago, Illinois, they are your hosts of the PWT cast, Scrub and Bank! Bang Bang, what is up you guys? Welcome to episode 107 of the PWT cast. My name is Scrum. And this is Tank. And this is the official podcast of Pro Wrestling Tees. We bring you this podcast every Monday for free right here on this very feed. Uh, make sure to like and subscribe if you already aren't. I mean, of course, you're not listening to this. If you probably aren't listening to this, if you aren't subscribed, uh, leave us a five-star review. That re- very much helps with the algorithm. I haven't checked, but uh, at last, someone given us a negative review, and that wasn't cool. Oh. Um, but as well as uh, we are on Patreon, PW. Uh, patreon.com forward slash pwt cast uh three different tiers you can choose from this week we have uh for anyone in the ten dollar and above tier we have an episode of scrump and stakes detective agency or sort of a conspiracy theory um you know cryptid just unsolved mystery kind of uh, podcast we're talking about area 51 slash the roswell incident and then uh originally we were going to follow it up with talking about uh the uh movie evolution which you know kind of fun alien movie but uh midway through that podcast uh through the area 51 podcast we start talking about the movie paul uh the seth rogan nick frost simon Pegg movie and we call an audible and so instead this friday we're doing uh, a movie review for storm and Stang's family video of the 2011 movie paul again starring seth rogan simon Pegg, and nick frost uh, so that's what you got to look forward to this week. And there's always there's a ton of uh, back end stuff that you can you know go ahead and and check out. Uh, but yeah, go ahead and uh, check that out, Dave. Uh, one thing that I checked out this week that um, I was not accustomed to having to stay up late again, and it kind of fucked up my whole sleep schedule. Was what if? Um, you know, we've been following all the Marvel shows for anyone who's kind of kept up with the podcast since WandaVision <coughs> dropped. And uh, Dave over here is a normal human being and usually waits till the morning to watch uh, episodes of this show. I, on the other hand, am uh, what you call a sociopath. So I stay up till about 2 o'clock Central Standard Time. That's when they drop here. Um, Dave, how how did you feel about this this episode of What If? So, like, I know you've been very excited about this. Me, not as much. So like, what if was like a comic book in the Marvel? I don't know if it still is, but it, and it's just like, I don't know. Like, there, there's a part of me that feels like if it's not going to be canon, what's the point? It, with very notable exceptions, like there, there's always like DC has Elseworlds, uh, Marvel has, I don't know what their equivalent of Elseworlds would be, but. Also, like when I'm watching the trailer, it looked really like low poly, like um, Saturday morning cartoonish to me. And I was like, I don't know if I like this art style. But I will say, like, once you watch the episode, the animation's great. Like, I don't know, whatever reservation I had, like, in seeing it borne out in the full episode, the animation was really, really good. Um, I liked it. I. I have a sneaking suspicion, you know, with all the emphasis of the multiverse, that some of the stuff that we're seeing and that we will be seeing throughout the rest of the season will probably end up happening in the mainline continuity. I just have a sneaking suspicion that like one or two things will be borne out um, just because they're really stressing like 
like Owatu the Watcher says, one decision changed the course of this timeline, and that was uh, Jim Carter being in the room. And uh, like, I have a feeling we're going to see some of that, at least glimpses of it. Uh, once like the fully realized multiverse happens. Well, the show is actually canon to uh, to the movies. Okay. Yeah, but no, I didn't I, know that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I, someone's like straight up just asked Kevin Feige, and um, yeah, he was just like, no, no, no. He's like, it, it's canon. But it's funny because um, I've I had the, the exact same conversation we're having right now. I had as well um, with uh, Delgado at work. Jonathan um I'm not the biggest Peggy Carter fan necessarily like I I enjoy uh Haley Atwell as an actress but just with her role as like I just don't care you know it's one of those things where it's like I have very little I don't really care for much non-powered people within the MCU you know like even like Agent Coulson love Agent Coulson did not want to see a show based around Agent Coulson yeah it was very yeah for me, like Agent Carter, like I care about her, like to the extent that Captain America cares about her, but like nothing, like yeah, no further. <laughs> Does that mean you would also go back on your word and not move on, like you force people to move on for five years? What? Captain America, he's like tells everyone to move on, and then oh, he's just yeah, like, no, you know what? I'm gonna go get, I'm gonna go back in time and fucking get me that dance, um. But yeah. no, like, um, one of the things we talked about was like, yeah, like there has to be because this is canon. There has to be something from this that they're going to pull into like the straight up film stuff, the live action, live yeah. action, yeah. And the one things we were talking about is like, well, they they can't do again the, the things that we've been made aware of so far. There's uh, the Sorcerer Supreme, which is presumably dr strange he becomes like you know uh it looks like he's some sort of like evil like dr strange right. um i don't think they're doing that on the poster again this is things that i'm going based off the poster what they've shown us um at one point spider-man gets dr strange's powers again don't see that happening uh right on the poster they have vision in ultron's armor wielding all the infinity stones definitely don't see that like coming alive the marvel zombies again don't see that coming alive so i think or also with uh you know t'challa as star lord i can't really see them which kind of to me narrows it down with like maybe you do bring in uh peggy carter you know so i think it was it was wh park who was talking about something like the uh like Britain corpse or you know or like Captain Britain and stuff like that where they have just like yeah. a team I mean she's yeah she's clearly playing like a version of Captain Britain which you know the, the suit looks a little different but um, it, yeah to me that makes the most sense to bring her in especially so like they they did a real tease of Shumagorath mm-hmm. coming out of the thing and I don't know if they confirmed it was Shumagorath because I don't think Shumagorath was normally that big but um like Shumagorath rumored to be the the villain in uh, Doctor Strange. So just them putting them together, and then also having like uh, the Nick Fury cameo, it it seems very plausible that they'll pull her out and put her right because like a lot of people were a little upset that you know she 
like the her show kind of they said it's it's not really canon. You know what I mean? And people are like, "What? Well, Agent Carter's dope." So this might be their mea culpa bringing her back. Well, speaking of bringing characters back, I I, I totally forgot to mention one other person. Uh, we see in the preview Killmonger, who sort of yes. becomes like king of Wakanda, and yeah. currently right now we're missing a king of Wakanda, and like I think there is a way in which you could, you know, we saw a version of Eric Killmonger die. But I think, especially with the story that's been told, where he's already royalty, he's already, like, you know, technically, like, Wakandan royalty, you could bring back this new version of Eric Killmonger, who's actually a good guy, you know, and that way you don't really have to worry about, like, all right, well, who takes up the new mantle of the Black Panther? Because I know, like... I I I know it's probably something where like oh we should give it to Shuri but like I know there's some right. trouble with like the actress who plays Shuri where she was on some like anti-vax shit so I don't know how yeah like, I saw like I don't necessarily know how fat how like uh, how fast they're gonna be like oh okay well we should go ahead and give her the fucking you know keys um, to the kingdom yeah keys to the yes. kingdom and they're like oh well then just cast someone new but like again yeah. I would I would love to see you know michael b jordan come in as uh this new version of eric killmonger as he's like one of my favorite parts of black panther because he's not wrong in everything that he's saying well, you know yeah and that make, to me that makes like the best villain where you're like well he kind of has a point you know what i mean same thing like like uh magneto who we haven't seen obviously in the marvel cinematic universe but like there's like this recurring theme that like Magneto was right. Like as kind of of a shithead as he goes about it, like everything he says about like, you know, homo sapiens against homo superior, which, you know, the mutants, it it bears out. Like he's like, these guys will not stop persecuting us, you you know? And so the idea that uh, Killmonger was right, maybe he went about it the wrong way, but like we could see a, a, improved version like he he really was one of the best parts of black panther um i'm i'm really nervous though because like with the passing of chadwick boseman like that's going to be a really hard landing to stick without without people just like shitting on it like they they have to thread the needle like perfectly on this one so they they had like uh leaked set footage where they someone translated the wakandan like on the walls and it was something about like uh, you know, they were honoring uh, T'Challa, so yeah. we'll see. I mean, I think yeah, like, that. that is going to be a hard, hard it, but it's like Kevin Feige. He was so, he, he was so well-loved as Black, like, he was Black Panther. Like, just, just imagine if, like, uh, you know, Chris Evans died right when Captain America was ramping up, and they're like, oh, we're going to put John Krasinski in there. It's just like, you know what I mean? There's there's so few people that perfectly embody their characters, and like Marvel's really good at doing that. Uh, yeah, I'm I'm a little nervous about it. To be honest with you, I mean i I think there I think there's room in the MCU to redeem Killmonger, especially considering like Loki. You know, Loki's a character who, time and time again, they've been like, all right, you know. We're, we're gonna make him the good guy again and then they'll just with the snap of a finger you know jka lol yeah. he 
you know, wrestling parlance, he turns heel again. And just yeah. as quickly as he turns heel, you know, they make him, uh, you know, again, uh, a baby face again. And I, I definitely, yeah. again, not sure if that's where they're going. It would be interesting if that's what they did. Um, but I mean, I'm also just being selfish and I really want to see some more Michael B. Jordan because I yeah. love Michael B. Jordan. Uh, but I, I, I think the way that they're going to do it, and I think that they really gave us a little glimpse to it in Loki. You know, Loki returns. You know, we assume he he returns to a different timeline, but I'm wondering if like the main timeline just gets a little fucked up, and then like he comes back, and then all of a sudden, Black Panther's dead because of the consequences of him messing around with the timekeepers, and then I don't know. I, I just have a feeling that they're gonna they're gonna be able to retcon and like hand wave some stuff be, because of Loki, um, and maybe that was kind of the purpose of the show to begin with. Maybe. Um, yeah. Speaking of the, these Marvel shows, though, uh, you and I were talking about it right before we got uh, to recording. Uh, there's been some alleged leaked stuff of uh, Moon Knight. Moon Knight, of course, yes. he's a uh, you know the Egyptian vigilante, uh, multiple personalities. He's uh, being played by Oscar I- Oscar Isaac's. Um, l- l- a lot of hunky boys being added into the MCU. I'm all for it. Beefy hunkies, yeah. hunky boys, um, and yeah, like I know some people. I, I like I have a group chat with some guys, and they were like, they're big comic buffs, and they were all kind of debating about the, the look of the costume. I from I don't like it. <laughs> uh, I mean, like some people have been like, and I get it. It's one of those things where it's just like, yeah. Usually, the first costume they go with is not, you know, like, like look at yeah. how, look at how like corny the first thor costume was or the first captain america costume was or the first iron man armor you know it's like it's one of those things where it's like hey don't worry you know like it's very much like i remember when daredevil when the netflix show came out and everyone was like he's not in the red suit and it's like just wait um yeah i mean again with me like i'm someone i i know very little of moon knight and like i get you know i get that they're giving him this weird like sort of mummy look um yeah you know I, he kind of looks like old uh like like from the spawn movie he looks like michael j white's spawn it's like a little too bulky mm-hmm. i don't i don't know how to i don't i don't i can't quite put my finger on it i just i mean i know, know I, I, I know what moonlight looks like like I, i've never read the comic book but like i've seen plenty of moon Knight stuff and i'm like eh, i don't know but yeah like like you said it's the first draft so we'll see yeah i mean i'm very much under the impression it's like this is his costume because they, they even did it with um uh what's her face like miss marvel you know there was like like leaked photos of her with a like shitty costume and then people kind of up in arms and then it was like her essentially what will be her like movie costume and even then, right. people were still just like, "Oh, but it's not." And like, credit to Marvel. Sometimes they are very good at translating like costumes, you know, like right. so, like, and they're usually very much just like, "Hey, like, don't worry, we have more coming down the line." Like, I know for this, uh, for the Multiverse of Madness, they're like Doctor Strange will get several like comic accurate costumes, which I'm just like, "Oh, okay," you know, like his costume he wears now. Is it necessarily? Yeah, it's not necessarily the ones we see in the comics, but I'm like, hell, like I'm for it. Like you look at WandaVision. Yeah. 
you know, she always just had a costume. Wasn't the WandaVision, you know, or wasn't uh, right. the Scarlet Witch's costume. Then by the end of that show, she fucking, she gets that costume. She looks fucking badass. Um, so I, I'm not, I'm not too bent up about Moon Knight. Like I get people's complaints. I, I get it. Yeah. You know, um, but I'm, I'm just excited that this stuff's sort of coming out now because um, this was a, a while back. But like I guess Disney, like they're so far ahead on the shows that they had announced and stuff like that that they're like there's nine more shows in production that they right. haven't even announced yet, and it's just like at the pace that they're moving. And I understand because of COVID, they're probably just like let's let's film as much as we can now without you know like right COVID just sort of looming around the corner. I yeah, I mean, whatever your feelings are about like you know, Disney being the giant machine that's slowly devouring the entertainment on earth, like because they're that big and because they're so exceedingly efficient at this shit. Like I love to me, like Disney and Marvel are the perfect, like merging of brands. And like, so for Marvel to have like the Disney war chest and I'm like, yeah, we're going to plan years in advance. Like, I love that because you know, let's be honest, like a lot of times we'll get shows and they're kind of half baked and rushed and then they peter out and then you forget about them. But like Marvel's been really good about not being that way. So, yeah, I mean, like, so I guess it's a perfect time to transition into something else that I wanted to talk about. Um, Suicide Squad, it flopped, you know, yeah. like it's it was listen, it was a fucking great movie, but it was just one of those things where nobody was going out to the theaters and you know, unfortunately, because of that, um, it's considered a flop. And one of the things that like uh, James Gunn said, there was like some interview where they talked to him, and um, you know, he's like, "Oh no, like you know, people like are like they unnecessarily give like DC shit." It's like no, they have things planned out too, and it's just like. Stop being such a kiss ass. They don't. They, you know, like it's one of those like they clearly yeah. they don't because they they keep switching things on a whim. It's just like I, I get like Marty DeRosa and I had this conversation yesterday, last night actually, when we were both talking back, you know, about the Suicide Squad, and we were like, John Cena's fantastic. Like it makes sense why they immediately gave this guy a show without the movie even having come out yet. Right. They saw it. Yeah like pace or peacemaker is like a d level character within that giant treasure trove of toys that they have and you and i have talked about this so many times they made me care more about rat catcher 2 and peacemaker than i could ever give a fuck about batman and superman yeah and even even characters like polka dot man or like weasel like like you're like oh man i'm kind of glad weasel's dead even though he he kills children but like you look at all these characters and it just took someone taking time and care like because james gunn cares about the characters then you do you know what i mean and we don't see a lot of that from dc's like movie offerings no and it's like it's almost to the point now where it's like well what do you do do you just reboot the entire universe and like I would say, yeah. Like, I, I know commercially that doesn't make sense, but it's just like, think about this, you know? Like, it, there's often the conversation of, like, oh, if you want to get someone into wrestling, like, so, I, you know, I'll give you the exact fucking example. 
Vivian, right before AEW, she had, she had gotten into wrestling, and she was like, well, I, like, I, I want to start watching, but I don't know, like, th- like with WWE, there's just so much that I don't know where to start. Same thing with New Japan, and I was like, listen, AEW is just now starting up, so now is the time to fucking get into it if you're going right. to get into it. You can familiarize yourself with everyone, all the characters, everything. And that's what she did, and, like, you know, now she's all about it, and, like, it's, it's easy from that standpoint where you can, you know, go back as opposed to, like, the WWE style of booking that, like, DC sort of had where it's just like, wait, but this Suicide Squad isn't that. Oh, that's the Suicide Squad. This one is just Suicide Squad, but they're not related, but they kind of are. But, they like, it's just you're making it so convoluted for yourself, and it's like I don't necessarily think it's a bad thing to just, like, hey, clean slate, you know, th- this is the person in charge of. This is the person who's going to be in charge of these movies for the next ten years. These are the movie like just copy Marvel. Like, I, there's just yeah. weird like, oh, we we can't copy Marvel, and it's like, why? Why wouldn't you copy? You know, the most successful company to like do this their formula, like because yeah. Well, oh yeah, go ahead, go ahead. Uh, to me, it's like what people are going to fucking make fun of you on the internet. Like, guess what? They're going to make fun of you on the internet regardless because of your shitty movies. Yeah, I mean, I, I have a slightly different opinion. Like, one, I think Flashpoint's going to do that. I think we're going to get a, a weird, soft reset of all the continuities. Um, which, by the way, I also want to talk about, you know, in the Flash movie, there, we're going to have, like, 89 Batman Keaton in there. There's, there's something I found out about that they're going to be doing. But, like, I always thought, like... They tr- they tried to do they tried to hotshot Marvel's plan. Marvel did a great job of setting up several movies, and then you know you would see the stinger at the end would be Nick Fury saying, "Hey, you want to join the Avengers?" And you're like, "Oh, it's coming!" And then like there would be like a little Thanos reveal, and you're like, "Oh shit, he's you know he's," and they're just setting up these things, and then you get Avengers, and then you know which by the way, if you go back and look at Avengers, not the best movie. Like, I, I'm going to be honest, I'm not even that big of a fan of any of the Avengers movies. <laughs> like, they, they don't age very well, but, like, the they really did a good job of building the hype. And then, of course, um, DC only saw Avengers, and they're like, oh, let's just make Justice League, and then we'll, we'll suss it out later. And it clearly didn't work. Um, I've always been of the opinion that they should instead of making a big interconnected universe, they should tell individual stories. So like you could do Batman hush or long Halloween, or you could do the death of Superman, but like you could have a different Batman in each of these movies. You could do a different Superman. And that way, if it doesn't work, you're not stuck with Ben Affleck. Oh, Ben Affleck doesn't want to be Batman anymore. Well, that really fucks things up. You know what I mean? Like I liked, like, I think, when they did the Joker, that was kind of the first ideas of maybe doing something. They're like, Oh, this is kind of standalone. This isn't like Jared Leto's Joker or Heath Ledger's Joker. And just like in the comic books, you'll have different artists draw Superman a different way or give him a different hairstyle. Or, you know, even from book to book, Superman has different power sets. You could play off of that. And just like, you could do a dark Knight returns and like, it's something everyone loves and recognizes and then that's its own thing. And then you could just turn around and then you can continue Batman 89 or you could, 
you know what I mean? You could do these individual standalone stories, and if people like them, then you could do a sequel to that. But you're not tied into this because they're not really good at universe building, clearly. Um, but I don't know. But I did mention uh, Batman 89 and Flash. I guess they're doing a comic book now where they're continuing that uh, Tim Burton storyline <laughs> for Batman 89 where um, you have uh, Billy D. Williams as Harvey Dent in the book. And it was just like, what if that Batman just kept going past Batman Returns? And it seems like a really cool idea. Uh, f- first, yes, I I agree. They should like they're if with your statement of if they're not going to do world building correct, then just do one off stories and have multiple yes. Batman have multiple like you know because well, like for instance, if Robert Pattinson shits the bed and is a bad Batman, you're not. You're not locked to not you like you made a bad decision. The audience hates it. Now you're not locked for like a several picture deal. And like the, the other cool thing about like I'll say Batman specifically. Like every time a new Batman comes out, what's the first thing people are like? What's the suit look like? Mm-hmm. And we we were just talking about that with Moon Knight. <clears throat> if someone doesn't like the suit, then you can always get like another Batman in two years, and you're like, all right, what does this one look like? What is the Batman? And like to me, like you have like this in you take that multiverse idea and now you have infinite licensing arrangements and, you know, you cater to like different subsets of the fandom. I don't know. I, I think it's a, I think it would be a great idea, but what do I know? I don't, you know, uh, I designed shirts for wrestlers. <laughs> exactly. And I did see that comic that you were talking about. Like it, it looks pretty fucking cool. And like, I know yeah. they wind up doing that with Batman 66, like a while back. Yes. Cause yes. Uh, they, they've been doing it with like, uh, the Donner Superman and Wonder Woman, Linda Carter, Wonder Woman. It, it, to me, like, that's a great idea for like, there's always going to be people that's like, that's my Batman. And so like, why not give them more of that? Yeah, no, I'm, I'm totally for that where it's like, that's, that's one of the fun things when it comes to like, you know, the medium of comic books is like, even if Michael Keaton, you know, isn't around for the next 50 years, he can be, if you write him in the comic books, like there's nothing stopping you. The one, the one interesting rumor I heard about that Batman 89 book is that um, for people that don't know, like if they were going to do a Batman 3, you know, after Returns, like the idea was that they would have Marlon Wayans as Robin. And I they're going to do that in the book, I hear. I, I <laughs> so, saw pictures. Yeah, it's to me, it's the most bonkers. But, but like that's the kind of like innovative, refreshing, like it's odd saying like, go back to your old stuff and that's innovative and refreshing. But like to do that in, in like a new way, like in like where people don't, th- and it's not like Indiana Jones, like the last Indiana Jones sucked. You know why? Cause Harrison Ford is old and you know, you can't have Indiana Jones in his prime, but like you can do that in the comic books. So yeah, like you said, like just keep, keep that shit, keep the money train rolling. No, definitely. Um, and you know what? Speaking of like movie role, like things that they're bringing back and, and things like that, for I want to say the two years that we've been doing this podcast, there's something that I've been trying to manifest. I am very much big into like, uh, I want this person to have a career resurgence. 
Yes. I want them to, you know, like they've had they've had some fucking trouble, you know, ugly divorce, got blackballed from Hollywood, some some body issues from all this his own stunts he wanted to do. And yeah. I kept saying it just takes that one role. There's going to be one role and he's going to be back you know, back in pop culture, he's gonna fucking blow up and good. I want all the success for him. This happened uh, last week. It was sometime last week, but I just forgot to talk about it. Um, Brendan Fraser boards Martin Scorsese's Killer on the Flower Moon uh, and Legendary Comedy Brothers. Uh, so Brendan Fraser, he has joined the cast of Martin Scorsese's Killer of the flower moon and max Barbacow's brothers um you know brothers i'm not sure what it is but the killers movie he's gonna be starring alongside robert de niro and leonardo dicaprio as well as like jesse plemons that's so far who they've announced i'm so fucking excited for this because like there's this video um of brendan fraser talking about like how excited he is you know for this like you can see the genuine like the genuine happiness in this man's face when he's talking about like i get to make a film with marty scorsese like holy shit you know like you clearly the man is like shook that this is happening to him and the person who's interviewing him you know she starts like she tells him like you know like the internet supporting you because he's not on the internet so she's telling right. him like how much of a support he has from people and like you see him like fighting back tears and again like that was one of those things where i'm like good fucking good for this guy you know because again like for people who are unaware you know he got sexually assaulted and called out that executive and got blackballed he got, yeah he got blackballed yeah he got blackballed for that he went through a very messy divorce or he was he was forced to pay almost like uh i think it was like a million dollars in alimony i don't know if it was per month or per year but it got to the point where he was like he had to go to a judge and he was just like i don't like I don't make this money anymore, you know? Um, and then as well, like I mentioned, he, his body was so fucking wrecked from, from doing all his own stunts and like in his movies that like, he literally could not move. And he had to like, you know, like he, he moved to this like farm in Canada where he was taking care. I, I believe one of his sons has special needs as well. And so he was just, you know, taking care of his son and his horses and just sort of, living this secluded lifestyle and you know like there was like he no longer looked like the brendan fraser you know of the 90s it's like you know uh brad pitt-esque you know like hunky boy that we knew he was he'd aged he started balding he got a little heavier and i remember there was these pictures that came out and people were like giving him shit and it was one of those things where it's like oh we're all fucking body positive you know, right. until I call a girl fat on Twitter, then fucking all the blue check marks come out and tell me how fucking, you know, how inappropriate I am before that. But it's like when it's Brendan Fraser, it's like, oh, no, 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 now it's okay. And it's and just him in particular. It's all celebrities, you know? Like, guess what? Celebrities yeah. are real people. And if, you know, a 100-pound model wants to fucking gain 100 pounds and just live comfortably, good for her, you know? If, uh, you know, of a Brad Pitt, decides you know what i don't want to i don't want to be this hunky boy anymore i want to be a chunky boy good for him but again it's just like there's this like weird like you know don't bully anyone be body positive unless it's a celebrity because then it's just like well it's okay to make fun of kanye west's mental health because you know and it's like no 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 like it's not okay 
to fucking to shit on someone but again in the past few years people there's been this sort of like brendan fraser renaissance um and i think in part was uh doom patrol i I know doom patrol helped but like i'm just i'm here for it man i'm fucking so excited for him showing up in this martin scorsese film well you, you know i tell everyone to like i've been trying to get my best friend to watch doom patrol and he like he's watching titans i was like titans is garbage Go watch Doom Patrol. And he kind of echoes the same sentiment that maybe I did when, like, I was really resisting the show. And part of it was Brendan Fraser's character. Like, I maybe it was like some kind of like mental bias because, like, he was not the Brendan Fraser I remembered. But, like, a lot of it was like, you know, DC tends to, like, to them, mature content is just like, like dick jokes and saying fuck a lot. And, like, I, I kind of, just perceived doom patrol to be and it is that to some extent let's be honest but um he was like the main reason i didn't want to watch the show and then when i watched it and i tell everyone this that asks about doom patrol he's the reason i love the show so much like he puts so much like it oddly mirrors his life right in that he was like a hot shot i mean he wasn't a dickhead by all accounts brendan fraser's a, a cool dude yeah um but like he was at the top of his game, he wakes up one day. He's not the same guy. He's barely recognizable, and like, also he's he's just like dealing with like the duality of that, and like the way he plays it is so, like true. Like there's a truth to it because he's lived it. I mean, it just sucks. Like when you talk about like the internet trolls and the Twitter idiots, you know they're the same people that called Simone Biles a hack, you know, the same people that don't have an athletic bone in their body telling the world's greatest gymnast that she's a piece of shit because she didn't want to land on her head because she had the twisties, right? These are the same people that will look at Brendan Fraser who, you know, it may seem like a lifetime ago, but like this dude was swinging on vines as Tarzan, George of the Jungle, you know what I mean? Like he's, he's lived such a full life and done so much more than any of these dummies on the internet trolling him have ever done. And then he had to pause his life for real life reasons. Like give the guy a fucking break. But I did see that. And I take two takeaways from that. This, this girl that interviewed him, she got a VIP meet and greet. And then she seized her opportunity. She said, can I interview you? You know, kind of similar to what you did with Kevin Smith. And it's, it's those moments, you know, and we preach this all the time on the show take your shot. Like if you, if you get something in your sights that you want, take the shot, don't be a chicken. And she did that. And not only did she get a good viral video out of it, but she was able to express uh, appreciation and love for someone that like, let's be honest, if he's not on the internet, he sees the weight he gained. He sees that his, his hair is thinning a little bit. He knows everything that every dummy is pointing out to him. He knows, and he probably feels very deeply. And, you know, going from George of the Jungle to now you're a little bit overweight and now you're you're back in the in, you know, prominence. It's probably a weird feeling of maybe some insecurities, like maybe, you know, we all sometimes experience imposter syndrome, but he's like, can I do this anymore? Am I up? Am I up to the standards that I once was? And so for her to say to him, just the kind we're rooting for you, that's really all she said. Everyone on the internet were rooting for you, really happy. And you could see he was just like, oh, it meant so much to him. 
And so, you know, like, like we've said before, tell all those people that have given you good moments, you know, yeah, they got, they got cars and houses and money and stuff, but they're people and they suffer the same insecurities we do. Do a kindness to someone, tell them how much you appreciate them. I, I promise you it, it doesn't fall on deaf ears. Like sometimes people need to hear that stuff. And it, like, it was real cathartic seeing that in real time. Like, you know, he choked up, he gave the thumbs up and like, he just looked so happy and I was so happy for him in that moment. Yeah. It's just, again, like we're constantly preaching, give people their flowers while they're still here. And yeah. that was one of those moments, like good on him, you know, like I, again, I, I, I hope nothing but like the fucking best comes out of this, you know, like I hope we start seeing him in more stuff because again, like, he's he was someone who was like a genuinely good actor you know like again someone from my youth that i remember enough to the point where i've like i've made it a fucking you know like a thing like the amount the amount of people that will send me like brendan fraser related content is just you know like they they i love it i love i love when people do that i love it that like Brendan Fraser comes up and someone's immediate thing is like, Oh, I got to send this to Birdo. All right. You know, I got to send them this link or something just because like, yeah, like I'm, you know, I'm championing him. Why him specifically? Cause I fucking thought the mummy was cool when I was six years old, you know? And now at like 28, I'm just like, Oh shit. Like it turns out like the person, you know, behind Rick O'Connell was actually like a much fucking cooler person than most of us thought. So yeah, I'm yeah. you know, I'm I'm totally for it, you know, like it's a it's a fucking it's the character progression is fucking you know, it, it's it's coming up Millhouse and I am I'm so excited for that. Um yeah. very much in the same way that I'm excited though for you to finally start watching Dave. Um I know you just started watching Atlanta and we'll talk about Atlanta right now, but I gotta say for anyone who's been following season two of Dave, um like these last two episodes in particular were just fun. it's crazy like specifically right. this last like i very much season one of dave has probably one of my favorite like season finales to like any any series you know it's just it's fucking it's great um and with this season with, with this one i thought it was going one way and the way it wound up going, I was literally in tears. Like I was just like, "Fuck!" Like, because again, you like, there's specific characters that you root for, you know, where you're like, you want to see them within the context of this little universe that they've built. Like, you want to see them succeed, and sometimes they don't. They don't always succeed, but it's like to be to be, you know, unlike the WWE booking of like, no, 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 we choose like, and we know this is the perfect moment to give you a happy ending, but we're gonna wait six months, like. That's very much not what like Dave has done. You know, they've they very much stuck the landing with this season as well. And it, it's just one of those things where I'm just like, like, who knew? Like, clearly you could tell that, you know, Lil Dicky is, is a creative person. And I'm sure he has a he very much has a team of writers helping him. But it's one of those things where it's like, this is the same guy. And, he you know, he constantly pokes fun of it in the joke where he's like, oh, I'm just the the dick joke guy. And I was very much under that impression, but like after this season, I'm like, man, this guy is such a fucking talented writer, as well as like being an actor that like, you know, it, it's the the saying is true. Don't judge a book by its cover, because I very much did, and I very much regret that now because 
like you know i'm I'm eating crow for it because i'm i'm loving i'm loving dave um but you got well, like me I, i'm a i'm a big fan of little dicky the rapper like i i hate to be one of those guys but like i liked him before he was popular mm-hmm. <laughs> like as a rapper like i don't i don't know how much he he delves into this in the show because i haven't watched it but like um like if anyone knows the story of Lil Dicky, like he took all his bar mitzvah money and poured it into like putting out music, right? Like he said, all right, I'm going to go do this. And then um, one of his claims to fame was like, he just, he burned through all his bar mitzvah money. And then he said, all right, you know what? If you guys really like me, back me on Kickstarter. And he, he started crowdfunding like tours and albums and like, you know, digital media and, from there he kind of like people started taking notice to like he took the money did some higher quality production value and then you know he he started blue he did like want a freak girlfriend uh professional rapper with uh snoop dog and then he just blew up and like people really started seeing the genius of little dicky he would go on sway's show and do you know drop some freestyles and yeah i i mean i'm really glad that he's made it. And I don't know why I just like, I think I saw like one episode of his show and I was like, I don't know if I like this very much. I don't know why. Cause I'm a fan of his almost the entire catalog of his other stuff. But, um, I, I, yeah. I, was, I, I was also very resistant to Atlanta too. I don't know why, because I like every, everything that Atlanta, all the ingredients that Atlanta is made of. I like, I, I don't know. Why. I'm just a contrarian idiot sometimes but <laughs> I, I i will say i i very much get what you mean by like a fan of everything was hesitant because that was me with atlanta but like hearing you hearing you tell that that story of dicky is it's integrated into both of these seasons very much, okay. very much so specifically with you know and it's not a spoiler but like at the end of season one he goes on the breakfast club and um uh, who's the guy freaking Breakfast Club? Um, not- Charlemagne. Charlemagne, yeah. Like it's one of those things where he's just like, uh, he's like, oh, like little dick. Like he, you know, they're, they're having that conversation of like, like you introduce yourself as Dave, but you're a little dicky. Like what? And, you know, kind of just giving him shit for that. And then like you know, he has his best friend Gata, who like in real life is like hype man. You know, and he has this conversation of like, oh, that's cultural appropriation. They're just keeping a black guy around. And, you know, Dave has this, has this conversation where he's just like, he's like, I have Gator around. He's like, because I love him. You know, he's like, if if that's cultural appropriation, then he's like, you know, then it's me. You know, it's not on purpose. It's me doing it with a blind eye because, you know, he's like, if having my best friend around, you know, share the success with me. He's like, if that makes me racist, he's like, then I guess I'm racist. He's like, you know, like he's like, I'm not going to. I'm not going to apologize for it. He's like, because, you know, he's like never once in this process did I think I'm going to bring this guy specifically to give me some sort of street cred. Um, and the whole thing too is leading to, to him like fucking busting out this like awesome freestyle simply because like, you know, he, he's very much adamant about like, I have to release one of these goofy songs. Cause that's the thing with Lil Dicky, you know, he, he either has these like dope raps or these very much like you know songs about his like dick and things like that, and it's just it. What materializes after that is just fucking it's, it's amazing. But 
very much how you were saying you were kind of resistant to it that's why i was with atlanta like i remember frank would always tell me about atlanta and i was just like yeah i don't know i'll get around to it when i get around to it and then finally starting to watch atlanta i was so angry with myself so angry with myself yeah yeah. where i was like why the fuck did you wait so goddamn long you know to start watching the show and specifically the one episode i'm always telling people about like i will show it to people out of context because it's so good it's teddy Teddy, perkins Teddy Perkins. you know like it is just it and my favorite thing is too it's like when you read like a reading about it fx aired it as a whole no commercial interruption because they wanted to give you that that vibe that feel of a horror movie you know and that's like essentially what they do within those like 30 40 minutes yeah well i love like first of all like i've seen a couple episodes most prominently the teddy perkins episode was like holy shit this is bonkers um i will say like so I blew through both seasons. I think I think part of my hesitation with watching the show was I thought it was like an hour long. And so I was like, I don't know if I can devote this much time. And then, you know, by the time it really came on the, my radar, they were on season two. And I was like, I'm already behind. And, you know, I don't know about you. We we both consume a lot of media. But like it gets sometimes it gets to the point where you're like, I got to. I got to spend my time with the stuff I know I like. And so I think that's kind of where I was. Um, I will say I like season one better than season two. I think season two, you're starting to see Donald Glover as a person. You're starting to see some of maybe his darker side. It's, it was like a much darker season. Um, but I will say um, one of the episodes that I thought was one of the most brilliant was FUBU. Mm-hmm. Uh, so like FUBU is a brand from like the late 90s early 2000s it means for us by us it's a black owned company and to me the genius of it was one you see little Donald Glover I'm just going to spoil the episode for everyone because it, it, to me it was a, a brilliant like when you step back and see the big picture it was brilliant but he's a little kid they're at like Marshall's and he's shopping with his mom and he finds a FUBU jersey, like a bright yellow FUBU jersey on a clearance rack for, on sale. So she, he convinces his mom to get it. He wears it proudly. And we've all done that. We, we go to school and we're like, look at this fly piece of gear, right? And to his horror, someone else in his class has a very similar FUBU jersey, but it's slightly – it's got a patch on it. The stripes are different. And immediately everyone's just dogging these two guys. One of you guys is wearing a bootleg. And like the whole episode is like – the fear of that, right. Of, Oh my God, I'm, I'm an imposter. I have the fake one. And it goes through the episode where like all these upperclassmen are just like clowning both these guys. And, uh, Donald Glover or, uh, earn earn has the sneaking suspicion that he is the one with the bootleg. And so he goes to Al who's becomes Paperboy, his cousin. And he goes, these guys are going to beat me up. I don't know what to do. And he goes, Al tells him, just be confident and tell him it's real and it'll become real. Like, don't be such a chicken shit. So this one brand expert kid, this I think his name was Jimmy Lee, comes in and declares that Earns is fake. And then Al sees it. He comes in. He goes, no, this one's real. That kid's got a fake one. And then all of a sudden, that turned the tide and all these seniors were throwing shit at this kid. And by the end of the episode, you find out the kid killed himself 
at the end of the day and that his parents had divorced. He was taking it rough. And like to me, just the idea of for us by us as a brand uh, didn't translate into how, you know, all the black kids were treating each other at the school. It was, there was no unity. It was all, I'm just going to tear you down. And we've all experienced that in school, right? Like that fear of, Oh my God, I'm going to get made fun of. And just the idea of for us by us as a theme. And then you just see these kids tearing each other apart and it leads to someone committing suicide, which is the opposite of for us by us. Like I thought to me, it was beautiful. And then I will say like in the finale, they literally do a Chekhov's gun, <laughs> which I was like, that's so, it's so smart. Um, I, I loved it. I can't wait for season three. Um, like I said, I, I think season one was more fun. Season two was a little, there was a lot of uh, heavy, I don't want to say dark material, but it was just heavy uh, emotional material that made it seem a little more uh, exhausting to watch, mm-hmm. you know, like, it, like emotionally exhausting. I don't mean like I, I didn't want to watch it, but um, yeah, it's one of those shows where I'm like, why the fuck didn't I watch this? I, I almost love everything on FX, you know? So like, why didn't I watch it? But uh, yeah, I'm glad I did. See, to me, FX, it's, it's become one of those, like uh, it's almost like HBO where, yeah, like I'm hard to press. Like, there's not really any shows on HBO that I've watched that I've gone on my way to watch where I'm just like, meh, that was just okay, you know. Like, even if like a season or two, you know, like in the the uh, examples of like a True Blood or Game of Thrones, where it's like the first few seasons were awesome, and then you know what comes shit after that kind of shits the yeah. bed. It's like, yeah, that's fine because. I still enjoy most of it, if not all of it, you know, like even, you know, at like the, the beginning of the pandemic, like starting Westworld and the leftovers. And I'm just like, these fucking awesome shows have just been here and I have just not consumed them by the, but you know, because it's like, we're, we live in such a gluttonous world that like these shows are just available at my whim. Whenever I want to watch these, they are just (laughs) there. And I don't even know they exist. And I'm going to, you know, go on and on and talking about them for as much as I can once I do finally watch them. And like, I've, you know, I've encountered that so many times with shows and yeah, like FX definitely has like some shows like that as well. Like, um, a show that I constantly talk about is rescue me. Um, yeah. What's his name? Uh, Dennis Leary, Dennis Leary. Yeah. It's a show about like, uh, you know, firefighters in New York post nine 11 and like I love that show, you know. Like it's, it's just it's one of those shows where like it starts out really heavy, you know. Maybe some of the later seasons are a little bit more lighthearted, like um, Dennis Lee taking on more like a comedic role. But specifically, once you get around to like the last like two seasons, or maybe even like the last season, like they bring it back around to like being it more emotionally heavy and like fuck it's just it's so good you know and and again it's one of those shows where i'm like i get it if you have no interest in this random show about new york firefighters i get it but like one gave me a whole new respect for firefighters because like i just i just wasn't aware of a lot of problems that these you know people face and watching the show i'm just like oh fuck it's so good and specifically that show yesterday um i'm gonna use that show to transition to our next story there's one of the common things in in that show was uh 
hockey. They would the the fire the the NYPD would yeah. play with uh, the police. Um, and yesterday, I went to go see a game in which a man who was on fire was playing against the police. I'm talking, of course, about uh, PWT Cast's uh, own Eric Zisselman, you know, the former guest on the show, as well as a family video guest. Um, he's he's one of one of the guys that works with us. Um, supervisor of like the shipping department and dude like he he's been playing hockey forever since he was five years old according to felicia his, his girlfriend and it was one of the things where like he's he would always like leave to go play hockey or you know talk about playing hockey so i just i assumed he was good i assumed he knew what he was doing you know i just i'd never gotten to see him play last weekend he uh Paul and Johnny went to go watch him play and so he you know he was like he was telling more of the guys he's like yeah you guys should come out and watch me play or whatever it's like this like semi-final game and we're just like all right sure dude this guy is a monster like holy shit is this guy so fucking good like I show up and I'm just like man number 16's on fire who's that they're like Eric you know and, and like they wind up winning like four to three he made three of those four goals and dude this guy was just on fire like clearly everyone else on his team uh not at his level uh, they were good except for number 23 number 23 sucked but like everyone else like you know were good but even like everyone on the opposing team you know it was a uh, a bunch of cops dude eric was just fucking like checking everyone he did not give a fuck he went to the penalty box at one point because you know, our, our man is a scrappy little fighter, but like, I was so impressed. Like, it, it to the point where I was like, you know what? I'm like, I think I might want to start watching hockey. Yeah, I I've never been the biggest hockey fan. I mean, I I was a bandwagon fan when uh, like the Blackhawks <laughs> were winning their Stanley Cups, but um, no, like that's the thing about that I loved about this. Like, I when I first met him, I didn't know he played hockey, and then he'd be like, yeah, I'm going to go play hockey. I thought it was like street hockey with his friends. I didn't know like how, how big of a hockey head he was, but like, I know now obviously, but, uh, it's always interesting to find out like the stuff our coworkers do like that. We just never, we never even realized, but yeah, I, I think I want to go to one of this's games. It'd be really cool to see him do that. Oh, dude, definitely. Like, again, just, so crazy this this guy's going well, out I there can't, i can't even skate so, so I, I get amazed whenever i see that stuff well me too because like i i learned to skate i don't know if i've told you or even taught tell the story before when i was in like second grade um there was some random program with disney on ice where because there was this I, there was this ice house not not too far from from where like uh, my school was um it was, it was just like a few blocks away and it was like right next to this like softball field and pool that we would constantly go to. Like I lived at that fucking pool when I was a kid and, um, inside the ice house was McFetteridge. They took us there and they taught us to skate and like at what, then they at some point took us to this Disney on ice show. And afterwards, like after the show was done, we got to go on the ice and like skate with all the characters. Like I've got a picture of me somewhere um with Gus Gus, like the fat mouse from uh Cinderella. Super random. Like again, what the actual purpose of that was, I don't know. Maybe they were just fucking teaching some inner city kids to, you know, ice skate. And I never really took up ice skating after that. Like occasionally because again, like 
most of my most of my friends now are friends that I've that I graduated kindergarten with. You know that were in that like Disney and Ice thing with me. Like we would go to like McFederich to just like skate around and, and stuff like that. It's just like a fun thing to do, you know. Um, but I've I've just I've never been much of a skater. Like I remember going to Greeny Mills, and you do you remember like I don't know if they still have it. They have like that giant ice rink at Gurney Mills. Yeah, yeah. It was one of those things where, like, my dad would always be like, oh, come on, like, you know, like, let's go, let's go. But I was like, oh, no, like, I don't want to. There's just, there's a thing about ice skating where nobody wants to be the guy that falls on their ass, you know? No. Yeah. It's definitely, uh, I'm that guy normally. Like, I've taken my daughter out skating a couple times and just ate shit (laughs) directly on the ice. It just doesn't feel good. No, definitely. It's especially because there's always there's always some little fucking kid who's like fucking I don't know any skaters, any any famous like ice skaters, you know, but they're just they're Eric Zisselmans and they're just out there fucking skating up a storm, making it look so easy and you want to just like clothesline them and be like, Hey, stop being so good at this. Yeah. Um <laughs> No, I get you. Like I've had like I've had like girl like girlfriends and stuff in the past too. Who are like, let's go ice skating, and it's always so embarrassing because I'm just like, all right, but like I'm gonna be holding onto the wall the entire time, and it's not gonna be this cute romantic thing that you think it's going to be. You know, it's like right. it's gonna be this fucking six foot idiot fucking trying not to topple over on you like a tree. Yeah, it's uh, whenever there's skating stuff, I'm like, I'll just sit and watch. That's that's where I'm the best at. Yeah, no, I'm I'm definitely the same. But, but fun thing too about Eric's team, uh, they were the Patrick Swayze's. Yes, he uh, he had me do some jersey art for them. Oh, really? Uh, yeah. So that's pretty funny. Yeah, like they're out there skating, and I'm like, it, I was like, is, is is that fucking Patrick Swayze? I was like <laughs> on their jersey, and they're and like Felicia's like, yeah, I'm like awesome like again it was one of those things i was like fuck yeah you know um i loved it um another thing that i love though dave is uh all the wonderful people who subscribe to our patreon um our patreon's been growing like yeah you know we were we were happy when we broke like 20 and we're now at like 23 i believe like um you know and i first off got to give a shout out to to all the wonderful patrons of the show um, of course, you know, with their help, you know, it, it helps alleviate costs of this show because it, it does cost money to, you know, to to run all this. And uh, thanks to them, you know, uh, we you don't get to alleviate some of those costs. Uh, so, of course, I, I want to give a, a, a shout out to all these people because, I mean, as well as being patrons, they all they are friends of the show, you know. Um, yes. Patrons of the show, friends of the show as well. I'm, of course, talking about uh, our man, Clifford Frazier, Jesse Kohlenberg, our little buddy, Mark Villanuevo, who... Oh, do I have a do I have a fucking story to tell about a hot yes. chip challenge? Uh, our man Joshua Davis, uh, the Invincible Man himself, Ryan Mears, our man Neil Flanagan, Shannon Howanek, uh, Jonathan Mayer, Hot Topic Joe, uh, Ryan Crossley, Taffy, Vivian, um, our boy Anthony Torres, Brandon from New Jersey, uh, W H Park himself. Uh, one of my favorite New Yorkers who got to meet another one of my favorite New Yorkers, John Cena, who took a, a real cool picture with Eddie Kingston this weekend. Super jealous about that. Um, of course, my godfather, Jesus. Uh, shout out, shout Jesus. out Jesus. Uh, good old Brad, old B. Dornick, Brad. You know, man knows how to pull off a V-neck. Uh, our man, Moises Garcia, Sean Levine, Eric Campbell, and our newest, 
uh, member of the Patreon. Um, someone who, again, since like the very early days of the PWT cast, she's been a huge supporter of ours. One of the things we miss about Freelance Fridays is we would always get to see her, um, you know, her and her and her boyfriend, her and Stumpway, you know, uh, supporters of ours, just great all around people, you know, always fun when we get to run into them. Um, you know, some people know her as Katie, some people know her as Katie Skinner, some people know her as Katie Fabe. Uh, but to us, she's, you know, OG friend of the show. So we're, of course, talking about good old Katie Fabe. Um, welcome to the Patreon. Thank you for everyone who subscribes to the Patreon. Um, for some of you guys, I need to reach out and get some uh, shipping information for you to send some stuff out. We have some cool stuff that's going to be coming to you guys Halloween time. Um, but yeah, thank you to everyone who subscribed. We're at 23 patrons now. If we could hit 25, that'd be fucking awesome. Um, and super cool. yeah, super cool. Also, don't feel obligated to, to sign up, you know, just cause we're like, Q25 would be cool. You know, we appreciate and support any kind of, you know, love that we get, whether it's a like or retweet or repost a comment about how much you enjoy the episode, even if it's just a listen, you know, we, we love and appreciate all of you guys, um, for supporting us here because, uh, you know, as, as storytellers by trade, Dave and I never thought that we would get this far. And uh, well, the fact that we have is awesome. You know, I think speaking for, for you and myself. Yeah, for sure. Um, I got to say, when you were like, hey, let's do a Patreon, I was like, I don't know if anyone's going to. I've been pleasantly surprised. So uh, thank you guys. We we love having you guys as friends. And, you know, you're really part of the PWT cast family. So um keep up the support we love it and i'm gonna say uh you told them don't feel obligated i say feel obligated (laughs) if you haven't subscribed to the patreon feel obligated (laughs) there are a lot of fun shows again we we do have like the the movie reviews we've done a lot of movies in the past um you know like uh forrest gump shawshank redemption once upon a time in hollywood um jesus the mummy uh Twister, Mallrats, Clerks. There's a fun a ton a ton of a fun there's a fun of ton movies in there. A fun um, of ton. Yeah, a fun and of ton. We, we love doing them with the Patreon subscribers. Like to me that's like some of the most fun I have. So Yeah, I mean we need to get more of that going. Yeah, coming soon. Uh the be- hope hopefully uh the beginning of next month. Um Hopefully, I'm going to make it fucking happen. Uh, we're going to have Vivian on talk Goodfellas. It's going to be her birthday week. And uh, Goodfellas is a movie that, like, one I love, you know? Yeah. And, uh, Vivi- great yeah, great movie. And it's one of Vivian's favorite movies. So we're going to talk about it, you know, because um, it's Vivian and, you know, it's her birthday. So that's what we're going to get. That's what we're going to do. Um, and, yeah. And then, again, and if, you know, if you love movies, we all, again, like I mentioned, we have our conspiracy, you know, kind of true crime show, which, uh, we we so we did like a sort of like a little schedule of upcoming shows that we have that we are it's kind of just things that we want to talk about um a lot of fun stuff on there um and then as well you know if you're into power rangers we we had for like like two three months um some power ranger shows a little bit of a power ranger retrospective personally my favorite is where um we talk about jason david frank and like it, it we start out wanting to talk about the entire cast but then have the debate literally minutes in about like, yeah. well, do we talk about Jason David Frank or not? And then we start talking about the time he got into a fight with Jean-Claude Van Damme at a Comic-Con in Mexico. Very, very fun. Um, we'll definitely check it out. Yeah. But uh, Dave, I, I, <clears throat> I mentioned this uh, this hot chip challenge. Uh, famously, you yourself and who was it, Gabe? Anyway, I'm upset that this one happened without me. 
I'm just gonna put that out there. But no, go ahead. So, well, to be fair, so famously, you and Gabe, you did this this Pocky Hot Chip Challenge. Um, yeah, and it seemed terrible because both you, both my friends, were in pain. Um, yeah, but this one, it was like Rashard just walked in and he had just a bunch of chips. He had like five or six of them, and he was like, "Who wants to try? Who wants to try?" I was like, save one for Dave, save one for Dave. But they were they were all doing it right then and there I, together. I, I've, got, I've got two coming. Like I, I had already ordered some mm-hmm. and I had got two. And then stupid Michael ordered like 10. So we already were planning on doing this. But anyways. Well, the, you know, so they were like all doing it right then and there. And it's one of those things where you're like you. And I'm like, no, I I don't. I'm, I'm not a, a, a spicy food person like. Especially now, I I get acid reflux from like mild buffalo wings, you know. Like it's one of those things where I'm just like, I'm getting old. I got that acid reflux now. Um, so these guys are all doing it, and Nick is Nick. Nick actually posted. There's like a, a seven minute video. Um, if you want to go check it out. Um, but he, you know, he's like here record, and I'm like, all right. So I'm I'm recording for him and stuff like that. And all these guys take, you know, take a bite out of the chip. Chris Wong, first off, Chris Wong, uh, you know, fellow worker over <laughs> Pro Wrestling Tees. This guy is a tank. This He's he, stoic as hell, too. <laughs> listen, Chris Wong is the only man at Pro Wrestling yes. Tees, all right? Yes. This guy eats his chip. And no sold it the entire time. No sells it, goes right back to work. Yeah. Like, again, this is Chris Wong's world. We're all just living in it. Everybody yeah. else, though, however... Breaking down, like, oh my yeah. god! Like it is, it is. Well, I guess from what they said, one, the chip tasted disgusting. So it's not like, yeah, it's not, it's not a good tasting chip. It's, it's not a good tasting chip. But they all eat it. It tastes fucking disgusting. And everyone, like, everywhere. So I'm recording Nick because, of course, he's like, you know, we'll record me. And in the background, you just see Mark fucking throwing up. Like this guy didn't even digest the chip fully, but like he is throwing it up. He is having the worst time of his life. Like. Like we thought Mark was dead, we literally thought he was gonna die. Like he's in the bathroom, just like running his face underneath water. Everyone's drinking milk and stuff. Like Nick is out in the alley, just screaming. Uh, I was like, you should have coated your mouth with fucking uh, wax, like Homer Simpson did. Like so, dude. It was everyone was like in such pain. I felt so bad for everyone. Uh, And it just reminded me of like when you did it and. You, you know, you did your Pocky One Chip Challenge, and you were like, it's not bad. And then you go and lick the wrapper, and I'm just like, oh, my God, Dave, why did you do that? And, like, as it's burning, you're just like, oh, why did I lick the wrapper? You know, it was a – it seemed to not have been a pleasant experience for you. Just, like, for them, it was not a pleasant experience because, like, all of them were just posting online where they're just like, oh, my God, it's digesting now, and it's the worst. And, like <laughs> – well, I'll, t- I'll tell you, so, like, I've done two of them. Uh, the second, like, I guess every year it gets a little bit hotter. And so uh, this year's has Carolina Reaper, which is notoriously nasty, and Scorpion Pepper. Um, like, if you guys want to, you should go check it on Amazon because they were selling them on Amazon. Just the, if you look at the chip, your mouth starts burning. Like, there's so much shit on the chip. And it's not even, like... Like when you get Doritos and there's powder, I mean, there is powder on it, but it's also coated in like, uh, like they spray it with, with some kind of disgusting napalm. But, um, yeah, I, 
last year I was going to eat two just to like say fuck you to everyone. And then I was, I thought better of it. And then I had like a, a cut in my mouth, which was horrible. And then both years, like I rubbed my, like I saw everyone was wearing rubber gloves in this one, which is smart. Cause like I would like, you know, rub my eye or touch my forehead and it just activates my sweat glands. Um, but yeah, for me, you know, the, the joke is you eat spicy stuff. It's going to hurt, you know, when you take a dump for me, the second ship, I didn't have any of that. And like, I have a pretty cast iron stomach. So once I get past the esophagus, I'm normally fine. It wasn't even the, the dump. It was, I got home and I peed and it somehow it leached into my bladder and it, it felt like I was pissing out boiling hot water. Like I was peeing and I literally went, ah, like, you know, that, that, there's like a Mexican scream, you know, like I, I did that, and Annie was like, <laughs> "Are you okay?" I was like, "It burns." So like, oh, and it lingered too. So, um, I ordered two chips. I might try and do two chips just to one up all these guys that didn't wait for me. But we'll see, we'll see, we'll see Tuesday. I wouldn't. Oh my god, I would not do those two, those two chips, Dave. Like, I might, I might. We'll see. And, and here's the thing, too. I don't recommend anyone do this because, like, clearly I'm a fat guy. My brother was like, what if you have a heart attack from these? It doesn't get to that level. But, like, if you're at all, like, spice averse, like, this will ruin your life or at least your day. But, like, uh, for me, normally, like, after about 15 minutes, I'm fine. Um, and I always think, like, before. I'm always ready to do it. And then as I'm doing it, I think, why the fuck am I doing this? And then afterwards, I'm glad that I did it. So you go through different stages of grief as you're eating this chip. I'll put it that way. And I will live vicariously through you as I will not <laughs> be consuming any of those chips um, yeah. myself because I just love my, my, my body. You know, yeah. I, I, just, I love my body. And I love too. your body. <laughs> uh, thank you. I love yours as well. Um, thank you. They, before See we get body positive. body positive, yeah. Shout out Brendan Fraser. Um, before we get out of here, this week is the week of Rampage. I've, yes. I, dude, I've literally been dreaming about this. Like, I had a, I've had two separate dreams where, like, we're all at the shop. Like, all right, who's going? Who's writing with who? And or right, oh, am I gonna get? Oh, can I get a right there with you? And then I'll just, I'll get the. And, oh, can I like just this conversation? And and I'm in those dreams. I'm just like. Let's just go already. Um, yeah. I'm, I'm excited. You know, like, listen, CM Punk has been doing his fair share of teasing everywhere, like yeah. all over. Like he was like commentating for UFC last night. He was making references. He has some cheeky little posts on Instagram. It, it, the man is just teasing it. But he, he also he also did an interview, you know, when he was talking about heels where he, he kind of clearly said that like he's focusing on acting. Who knows? Is he throwing up smoke and mirrors? We'll yeah. find out, I guess. I mean, we, you know, we joke, we joke around about this at the shop, but like, you know, one, he shows up, everyone's happy and they kind of expected it. Two, he doesn't show up and we've been completely trolled because let's be honest, CM Punk has trolled us before about returning mm -hmm. <laughs> or, or we show up we think he's debuting and then Brock Lesnar comes out and nobody knows what to think then. So I don't know who it's, I, I haven't been this excited for wrestling since like the mid nineties. And it's a real Testament to show 
you know, I think I think a lot of the people on this show and outside of the the Federation have been referred to as midgets, like literally quoted as being midgets. But I got to say, these midgets have set the wrestling world on fire in a way that WWE has not figured out how to do again. I mean, uh, Nick Khan famously said, you know, our competition is not AEW, it's sleep. Well, let me tell you, sleep is winning when it comes to WWE because no one can stay awake during that boring-ass show. Yeah, you those, know? Those, yeah, those shows are putting me to sleep. Yeah, but, um, yeah, as far as, far as Rampage, you know, we're all going to be there. We're all very, very excited. You'll, you'll see me and Berto on the front row. I think we're on camera side. So, you know, that's our good side. <laughs> um, but yeah, I'm very excited. And no matter what happens, if CM Punk doesn't come out, you know, he hasn't been out for seven years. So, but regardless, it's going to be a great show. It's a great celebration of Chicago as a great wrestling town. Um, so yeah. United Center, it's going to be packed. United Center. Yeah. I haven't been to the United Center in like a minute. So, it's going to be a raucous crowd. It's going to be great. And, you know, this this might be one of our last hurrahs before we go on lockdown again. So, you know, we'll make the most of it for sure. Yeah. I mean, I, I will say this. One, I see CM Punk every month. The, the guy comes in to, to the <laughs> shop, shop yeah. every month. So I, I see him all the time. And I'm I'm one of the few people that he's like, hey, what's up, man? And we just we start talking. Uh, yeah. You know, so that's that. But, like, two, and I believe I've, I've – I don't know if I've ever told this story on air. I was like – I've only I've only ever been to the United Center one other time. It was my two year anniversary with my girlfriend, like right out of high school, um, and I found out that it was our two year anniversary. And I found that she'd been cheating on me, so I oh. I I was very upset and just left the United Center and have never been back. And then literally the the exact next day, CM Punk leaves WWE. Uh, <laughs> So I got two very not good memories when it comes to the United Center. Hopefully I can make some good CM Punk related memories at the United Center. If not, if he doesn't show up, that's fine. Again, like I mentioned, I see him every month. So, yeah, you know, that's fine with me. But yeah, I'm just, I, it, again, it's one of those shows where I'm like, I'm excited to just go. Like I can't, I, again, I, I don't really remember the last time I was like that excited for a show. Cause I mean, maybe like, like all in or like the, that first double or nothing in Vegas, you know, where it's like, there's just like, there's that like electricity to it. And even this last week's rampage was fucking awesome. Like in one hour, it was such like an amazing show that like, if that, if that's the, if that is the kind of show they're going to be producing weekly, then like, Ooh boy, are, are we in for a treat? You know, again, it was, it was three matches just fucking in and out super cool like i i loved it like and so if that's what we're gonna get in chicago then hell yeah by all means like bring that shit on because like you know wrestling doesn't have to be three hours long you know it, it can be a good fun two hours um but if listen if you can give me one hour quick in and out even better you know yeah, it's uh, it's literally the antithesis of the three-hour wrestling slog that you fall asleep halfway through. So, yeah, it's cool. Like, th- that's the thing. We're trying new ideas. Or we're they're trying new ideas, and you know, seeing what sticks. And that's what wrestling needed was fresh ideas. Like, like let's let's get out of this rut. Like, sometimes it's nice to know. Oh, Monday Night Raw. You know, we got Friday SmackDown or whatever day it's on. It's nice to know the schedule of things, but like. 
shaking things up seems so much more fun and we're we're living in the moment i mean even like last night rick flair shows up at triple mania <laughs> like that's kind of it's insane what's uh what's happening so yeah i'm i'm very i'm very excited about rampage um oh i did want to say one thing before we go I, I think i mentioned it to you before we got on air um there's a there's a wrestling per, or a radio personality that just passed away fez watley um, I don't know if any of you guys, you know, listen to any of that sort of thing on on radio, but there used to be a show called Opie and Anthony that they were like shock jocks, and then they were followed by the show called Ron and Fez, uh, Ron Bennington and Fez Watley, and uh, Fez Watley just passed away. He had a history of like heart problems, but the reason I mentioned to him, he does have kind of a wrestling connection um, for twenty years. His real name was Todd Hilliard, and he played a character named Fez Marie Watley, which was like a stereotypical, like flamboyant gay character. And the whole time he had been insisting that he was not gay. And then after about 20 years of doing this character, you know, and a lot of it sometimes was a little stereotypical, not and not in the good way, not that stereotypes are ever that good. Um, and he realized he actually was gay. And so he came out on air, and then immediately after that, this radio—you know—a lot of people consider him a radio legend. Um, he started having problems. He was having panic attacks, anxiety, and he said in an interview, um, it was because he realized that the thing he had been making fun of for the past twenty years was him. And so he had a hard time reconciling that. But like he was famous for doing like Ric Flair style promos. He had a love of wrestling, like him and Ron Bennington always referred to things as works and shoots, like they would throw in wrestling references. And like Sam Roberts would famously antagonize Fez. Uh, you know, they would have like a, a war between the shows. But um, yeah, he he finally he retired and he was living his his best life in Florida. And he just ended up having like five massive heart attacks like every other year. And his heart finally gave up. So, like, for those of you that uh, like listening to his show, you know, I'm sure you know what I mean, that I'm very sad by the guy's passing. He was an interesting character study in art imitating life and, um, you know, a weird case study of self-loathing. <laughs> um, but, like, he, he was a cool dude. He was great radio. You can listen to Ron and Fez clips on YouTube all the time. But, uh, yeah, he'll be missed by a lot of people, and it's sad to see that guy go. So Yeah, I'll, I'll say I wasn't familiar with who he was or um, anything like that, but I saw so many people, you know, uh, tweeting about him, posting about him. And, like, so many people within different world, like, different, you know, I don't want to say clicks, but just different groups of people, not just all – you know, like radio people are all uh, yeah. movie people, whatever the case is, you know, because it's always typically that when someone dies, it's like, the, the, you know, a bunch of comedians are talking about how this comedian that just died were great or musician, all these musicians. But like with yeah. this, I saw a lot of just people from everywhere kind of talking about him. And yeah, like when you mentioned, you know, who he was and stuff like that. I mean, again, definitely a bummer. Uh, yeah. But thankfully, you know, the one the one plus side is specifically with like radio and television um even like authors like you know your work is immortalized you know yes if you want to go back and 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 listen to you know listen to him or 
or just those kinds of things you know reminisce is those avenues are there via this sort of medium you know where you get to um go back and listen to the thoughts and what was going on in someone's life at a certain specific points in their lives you know yeah and you know again it sucks that he passed but again there's so many people now that are are going to very much keep him alive you know keep him alive now, now that he's gone yeah, I mean, there, there was a funny thing, and I, I did it too, where I did hashtag K-Corn, and a lot of people are like, what the fuck does that mean? Like, one of his funniest, it was a mistake that he made on the radio, um, but it, it was, like, one of his last, like, great things was, he was mad because he was working at, like, Sirius XM, and he had gotten a reputation for being, like, a, a weirdo, and... Uh, I think they had like Seth McFarlane was coming into the radio station and they told him, don't hang out by this place because you're going to creep the guy out. And he got really mad and he goes, I got these people writing emails about me, tooting their cake horns. And then they started to say like his co-host was like, what the fuck is a cake horn? And then they just kept relentlessly making fun of him and he was getting more and more mad about it. And then eventually Everyone, everyone started doing hashtag K-Corn, and then it trended number one in the world. And he got so mad about it. But, like, toward the end, like, K-Corn was, like, the big funny thing. So, like, I think everyone was trying to get it to trend uh, yesterday. I don't know if it did or not. But, um, yeah, I mean, it also, it's also a case of be yourself, be your authentic self as early as you can be, right? Like, this guy clearly was living in the closet for a while, and part of him hiding in the closet was, you know, doing these gay stereotypes to be like, ah, I'm not gay, but like, look how much fun I'm having with it. And it clearly fucked him up near the end, but like, be yourself. And if, and if people around you don't like it, fuck them, find other people. But, um, everyone else loved him. So, you know, the the radio world lost a legend. Let's pour one out for Fez. Um, yeah, yeah, but uh, soda, Pour some soda. Pour out yeah, yeah. some soda. Neither of us yeah. drink. Um, yeah. But yeah, guys, uh, you know that that'll about do it for this week's episode. Again, if uh, you're not a member of the Patreon, and you're interested in the upcoming content we have. It's patreoncom pwtcast Otherwise, just give us a follow on social media if you already aren't. You know, we're at pwtcast on Instagram and Twitter, and you can find our personal um, social media accounts on there as well. And uh, hey, helps spread the word, you know. Uh, tell a friend about the BWT cast. We we love meeting all sorts of uh, new friends of the show. And um, if you have the means, uh, subscribe to the Patreon. But uh, Dave, uh, for the PWT cast this week, I have been Scrump. And this is Stink. Uh, and this is friend of the show, Kenny Omega. Kenny Omega here, friend of the show. Unfortunately, we've run out of things to say, and so, well, we must bid you adieu. So until next time at the PWT's cast. Goodbye and good night. Bang. Bang.